So we come to another of our topics on the gospel. We're looking this week at fellowship. To start with, I went to the dictionary to look and see what the dictionary told us the meaning of fellowship was. And the dictionary definition is the state of being a companion or fellow, association, communion, union together with, friendly intercourse. And the good news is that we have fellowship with God. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9 we read, God who has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ is faithful. We can have fellowship with a faithful God. This shows the relational aspect of fellowship. When you're a companion, you have a relationship. And this is just what God wants with us. We saw the example of relationship that Jesus showed us. Jesus would spend time with his father. He had a good relationship with father. He'd go away and he'd spend time with him. He wanted to spend that time. And if we look through the whole of the Bible, we can see the relationship that God has with man. It starts with Adam. We can see other people that God had relationships, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, just to mention a few. But man is the one that soured that relationship with God. And throughout the Old Testament, we see how God needed to bring the people back into relationship over and over again. We're not very good at keeping relationships. We're not very good at keeping in touch. And God, right through, kept trying to bring his people back to that relationship. And then he found the ultimate way to bring that relationship back through the cross. And we now enjoy that relationship with him. We have to work at it to keep that relationship going. We still need to keep renewing it regularly. God wants us to have an intimacy with him. He wants us to know him and he wants to know us. It's all part of fellowship with him. This is what we've gained because we've found him or he's found us. He was the one that called us into fellowship with him. He was the one that initiated the calling. We made the response. And he longs us for us to have a really good relationship with him. Just as Jesus, I said earlier, set the example by going aside with Father. This is what God wants us to do. Spend time with him. Really enjoy that relationship. I know sometimes it's hard because there's lots of things going on. We might be at work, we might be busy mums, we might be... Lots of things going on in our lives that stop us with that relationship. But even if we can get a few moments with him aside, he just longs for those times when we just spend time with him, when we fellowship with him. That's part of that relationship that we can have with him. All part of that good news. In John 15, 1-5, Jesus talked about the vine. He said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me. There again it is, that relationship. Being close to him. 
spending time with him. It's so important to build our relationship with God, to have that fellowship with him. And as we do, it's amazing what we find out. I was reading only yesterday stories of David. And when David went into battle against the Philistines, he inquired of the Lord. And as he inquired of the Lord, the Lord told him what to do. And the first time he said, what shall I do, God? And God said, go out and fight them. And David did, just as God said. But the second time he went to God and he said, what shall I do? God said, don't go straight, go around a different way. And David listened. He spent time with God, he listened, and he obeyed what God was telling him to do. God was guiding him, and he, because he had that fellowship with God. And then a bit later on, it talked about the Ark of the Covenant. And if you remember, the first time David tried to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel, they carried it on a cart. And Isaiah put his hand on the cart and was killed. And David said to the Levites the second time, you're to carry it, and we need to inquire of God what to do. And when they were obedient and they, and they inquired of God, when David spent that time in fellowship with God, they knew exactly how the, the ark should be carried. But you see, when he tried to do it on his own, without the fellowship, it didn't work. So fellowship is necessary. Fellowship is necessary so that we can build up that relationship with God. We can hear what he's telling us. Not only do we have fellowship with God, but we can have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, we read, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Again, it's a relational thing. The Holy Spirit is with us. When we allow him to work in our lives, we are in relationship with him. We have to allow it. But we are in relationship. If we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, and Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to be a guide, a comforter, a helper for us. But we need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, to have that relationship. Then we're going on to the third thing that we can have. Not only can we have fellowship with God and the Holy Spirit, but we have a relationship with God and man. Isn't that wonderful news? Not just God, not just the Holy Spirit, but with each other. We have fellowship with one another. We might not always feel worthy of the relationship with God. But if we remember what Brian said a few weeks back about forgiveness, we know that if we confess our sins, he's able and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can come back into that fellowship as God made it possible through the cross. And in Hebrews 10, 19 to 25 we read, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God 
for that fellowship, with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. That's two references to a faithful God. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, to, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us spur one another on to love and good deeds. Some of you know that Brian, Pete, Liz and I went away on holiday together recently. Had a wonderful time. It was, it was a really good time of sharing together, fun together. I was the butt of a lot of jokes, I might add. Um, partly my own fault, but... <laughs> but one of our aims while we were away was to climb Snowdon. I wanted to do it two years ago and the weather wasn't right and we'd managed to get three quarters of the way or two thirds of the way up and I'd always got this, I wanted to climb Snowdon. Liz knew her limitations and uh, she stayed back at base. But I knew that if I didn't do it now, I never would. So we set off, Pete, Brian and I. It wasn't easy, in fact, it was a hard uphill struggle all the way. It was climb, 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 tough climb at that. Brian plodded on slowly. He needed all the strength he'd got to get up there on his own. He really did. But Pete stayed behind me all the way up, encouraging me all the way. He wouldn't let me lag behind. He would not. He just stopped and let me go first. We turned one corner and I saw how much further we had to go and I was ready to give up. I can't go any further, I said. And he said, yes, you can. And we talked at the beginning of the walk about how, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time. And he said to me, come on, he said, one step at a time. Just keep going, keep plodding on. Well, we got to the top. Two men and a whinging wimp with a bad knee. And it literally was a whinging wimp with a bad knee. And the climb down was even worse. My knee creaked and groaned under the strain. And I did my fair share of moaning and groaning. <laughs> At one point, I was just sort of standing there, didn't want to move again. And they said, well, what can we do for you? So I said, we've just got to pay for my knee. So very well, on the side of the mountain, they just stood, both of them, they stopped and they paid for me. And I spent the rest of the time going down that mountain to prayer, and it was God's strength. And I literally was saying all the time, it's your strength, Lord, it's your strength, Lord, because I knew that was the only way I was going to get down. But at times they had to help me, and they almost dragged me down at times, and sometimes they almost carried me down. And Pete kept saying, all for one and one for all. We're all in this together. We're all doing this together. We'll get there. Well, we made it back, and here we are to tell the tale. We really did. 
And God healed my knee, and in a few days, not immediately, but in a few days, all the pain and the swelling had gone. And I've suffered no ill effects, praise him. Pete gave up a lot that day to climb with us. He was prepared to sacrifice his normal climbing abilities to see me achieve my goal. Thanks, Pete. It was a big sacrifice. It really was. And this is an example of what fellowship is all about. All for one and one for all. We were all in it together. We were all going together. The strong active, the not so active, and the wind and wind. We were all there together. And we're on a climb together, just, just like we were climbing then. We're all on that same climb together. And some find it easier than others. Some might moan all the way. And are we prepared to be the peace and help others along? Or would we rather think, oh, I can't cope with that moaning and groaning anymore? Are we going to be sacrificial just like Pete and help along those that don't find things so easy, that we don't find so easy to help along? I wouldn't have achieved my goal without the encouragement of the other two. And I know that there are people that will not achieve that final goal unless we give that encouragement. We need to be the encouragers. We need to help one another along so that all of us can reach the goal. I know sometimes we can get very frustrated with other people, but we must keep on encouraging them, especially if we want them to reach their goals. I want everybody to reach their goal, don't you? It's a tough one, but I want to be an encourager. I don't think I always am, but I want to be. And I will work on it to be the best encourager I can. What is fellowship? We've looked at the dictionary definition, but I want to look at some other definitions now. And I'm going to turn to, first of all, I'm going to turn to Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone as he had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In Matthew Henry's commentary, we read, They kept up the communion of saints. They continued in fellowship and continued daily with one accord in the temple. They not only had mutual affection to each other, but a great deal of mutual conversation with each other. They were much together. When they withdrew from the untoward generation, they didn't turn hermits, they didn't go off on their own and just stay on their own, but were very intimate with one another and took all occasions to meet. Wherever you saw one disciple, you'd see more, just like a flock of birds together, and a feather, like birds of a feather. See how these Christians love one another was often said in those days. 
They were concerned for one another. They sympathised with one another and heartily espoused one another's interests. They had fellowship with one another in the religious worship. They met in the temple. There was their rendezvous. For joint fellowship with God is the best fellowship we can have with one another. And then if we go on and we look at another word that we see for fellowship, we see the word koinonia. From Fine's Expository Dictionary of Biblical Words, I found koinonia, communion, fellowship, sharing in common. Koinos, it comes from the word koinos, which means common. Fellowship or communion. If we look at the Latin, com means with. So union with. We have union with those who love the Lord. Makes sense, doesn't it? We've got something in common. That koinonia word again. We share things in common. In his book, Just Walk Across the Room, Bill Hybels talks about three Ds when getting to know people. We've looked at this from the evangelistic point over the last few weeks. The three Ds are develop a relationship. Spend time with them. You can't get to know someone unless you spend time together. We talked about fellowship with God earlier on and how God wants to know us and us to know him. And the only, time we, the only way we can do that is by getting to know him, by spending time with him. And the same with one another. Unless we spend time with each other, we can't get to know each other. Discover their interests. Some you might share. Others you may need to try and learn about them. It might take sacrifice on your part to share interests with somebody that you may not have thought about. And the third thing is discern their needs. Find out what they really need. Where can you help them? Maybe somebody needs decorating help. Maybe somebody just needs a meal. Maybe somebody needs a visit in hospital. Or even babysitting. Find out about people. Find out what they need. Find out where you can be a blessing. And these are good practices for us, not just to find out those that we know don't know the Lord yet, but these are good, good practices for us in fellowship. I think they're things that we, we could develop. And as we do that, and as, as we get to that point, then maybe it will be said of us, see how these Christians love one another. We need to develop relationships. You may think you've got nothing in common with other people in the church, but you share a common faith. And unless you fellowship with them, you'll never know. We belong to the same family. Yeah. In John 3 verse 1, one of my favourite verses, I think, it says, How great the love the Father has lavished on us. I love that word, lavished. 
that we should be called children of God. God has lavished his love on us and he's called us children because that is what we are. We are children of God. And if we're children of God, then we're family. Makes Debbie my sister. Makes Chris my brother. Makes Mick my brother. Hilary, you're my sister. We are family together. We're all related in God. Now you've, often, you've probably often heard me refer to Pat and Peter as my brother and sister. That came from <coughs> when my first husband died. The first thing Pat and Peter said to me is, we want you to look on us as your family now. And they have treated me as family. But you know, that's what we should be doing with everybody because we are all family. We all belong to one another because we are children of God. And we have a close family here at Living Word. And we relate to one another. And then there's a wider family, the family of Lifelink. Keith's already referred to Lifelink this morning. We have opportunities to share with others in that wider family. We've got the weekend coming up, up at Oak Hall, where some of us are able to share with others with the, from the wider family. So we can get to know our wider family, to, to spend time with them, finding out about them. And then for the ladies, there's girl talk later on in the year. Another opportunity to be able to share with the wider family, because we're all part of the one family. And if you haven't booked in of either of those two, and you are able to, then I'm sure there's still time to be able to do it. Sometimes it takes a sacrifice to, to get to know others, but it's worthwhile. You've probably heard me say before, but for those that don't know me well, I'll repeat it. When I met married Brian, I left my family, part of the church to which I belonged, which was New Life at Whitford, and became part of a new family. And you're now my close family. But New Life will always be my family too and when I see them it's like going home it's like going home to visit you see I fellowship with them for many years and I got to know them really well we had all things in common and we just have that relationship when we see each other there's just that relationship back that we can really enjoy that fellowship together they're my family when I first came to the church here, I found it really hard to settle. I was Brian's second wife, and you all known and loved Eileen. You didn't know me, and I didn't know you, except for Pat, Peter, Christina, and of course Brian. You were friendly, but it was hard for me coming in. I could have easily said I'll go back to Whitford. I know them, and they're my family. But I knew that wouldn't be right. Those first few months were pretty tough. I stood on the sidelines and watched. But then we went to Swansea. We went away together as a church. And I spent the next week getting to know people, sharing life with them. And I'd now always advocate going away with the church family. 
You bond together well. It's a way of getting to know one another. You learn to give and take. It's not about getting your own way, but it's about working together, sharing all things in common. And it's amazing how it breaks down barriers. It's fellowshipping together, being together, learning about each other. All those important things that help you to build up relationship with one another. The early church shared all things in common. Are we too possessive today of our own area? Before I met Brian, I wondered how I would cope with somebody invading my space. I'd been on my own for 15 years. I'd been used to doing everything for myself, being independent, could go home, could do what I liked. And then suddenly the thought of somebody else being there, I've got to think about it. But I didn't need to worry because I found I wanted to share with him. God brought us together in a special way. And God has brought us together for a purpose. We're not here by accident. It's part of his divine plan. He's handpicked each one of us to be together in fellowship. Each one of us. We're all different, totally different people. But we've all been handpicked by him to share together in fellowship. So, how do we view our homes, our cars, our time, our money? Is it ours or is it on loan from God? What can we do to bless one another? We may need to spend time with somebody that we've never spent time with before. It's part of fellowship again, isn't it? It's, it's learning to give and take. It's that building relationship. One thing I would say is, don't try to go it alone. It's not a good thing. Being isolationist is not good for any of us. Look what happens in the animal world if one animal strays from the pack. It's in danger of being attacked by a predator. Peter warns us in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, he says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. The enemy is there, looking to see who it can pick off. Unless you're in fellowship, you're all together. Danger is real. Yeah, we need the protection of being together. Danger is real. We cannot take lightly the effects of isolation. Over the years, I've seen Christians believe they can worship alone. And I've seen the results of that. Broken marriages, going astray, falling back into old ways. We need each other to encourage, support and challenge us. Satan loves to get at those who are on the sidelines. They're easy prey. And going back to the encourage, support and challenge, <coughs> in Living Word, we have a one-to-one that we're trying to build up. One-to-one is good to be in touch with somebody else within the church who can challenge you, who can share with you, who can encourage you, who can pray for you. If you're not in a one-to-one, see Brian or I and we'll see what we can do to get you into a one-to-one. 
It's a good way of encouraging one another. Part of fellowship. You know, so often you might think, that can't happen to me. It can. Don't forget, iron sharpens iron. We grow when we're in fellowship. And yes, sometimes we get rubbed up and we have to learn things. And sometimes people will annoy us. Um, And, you know, we have to go to God and say, God, what are you teaching me? It's not always the person that's annoying us that needs to actually be looking at things. It's us. Because we need to be saying to God, what can I learn from this experience? That's the iron sharpening iron. Sometimes we have to learn to live alongside those whom we feel we'd rather not be alongside. But as we learn to live alongside them, we grow. And if there are people that you're finding it difficult to live alongside, then ask God to help you move forward on this. And if you need help, if you need somebody to pray with you over a situation, then please ask. Don't don't leave it. Seek help. It is important. We're all in these small groups. Some of us may be with those that we've been with before. Others may be going into new groups, having to face new relationships, and not looking forward to it. Don't forget, I came to a new church. I had to build new relationships and know what it feels like. I had to change. It wasn't easy. It takes working at. But one of the things we're looking for with the new groups is the fellowshipping together, sharing life, sharing meals, sharing experiences. It's daunting but exciting. And remember, we're all in it together. You're not alone because God is with, with you. He's there with you, right in the middle. And as you fellowship with each other, Remember, you're fellowshipping with the body of Christ. God wants us to fellowship with him, but he also wants us to fellowship with one another. And wouldn't it be good to hear people say of us, see how these Christians love one another. And that's what comes from fellowshipping together.